This is Chris. Welcome to episode 330 of X-Lapse, where, see, I've got a script written, and I find myself with like an hour to kill between doctor's appointments, so uh, I figure, hey, why not try to get an episode out? Uh, I'm just hoping that I could be a little bit less marble-mouthed than usual, and maybe get this done in less than the usual 115, 120 takes. Fingers crossed. We'll see. If this thing comes out when I hope it does, uh, I guess I was successful. Uh, Let's get into today's book. We're talking about the big event here. This is X-Lives of Wolverine number 3, April 2022 cover date. The story is either called Lives to Regret or Lives to Regret, written by Benjamin Percy with art by Joshua Cassara. Colors Frank Martin, letters VC Corey Petit, designs Tom Muller, edits Baumgartner, Basso, White, Cebulski. Cover price $5. This one went on sale February 16th of 2022. Now we open in present-day Krakoa with the, uh, you know, the weird... Gene Charles Logan psychic threesome going on. We've got Gene literally hovering above Wolverine while Xavier is focusing his mental hoodoo on the both of them. And I feel like a page like this could have started with, like, Dear Penthouse Forum. From here, we get a really nice double-page spread where the panels, uh, or, you know, images here, are broken up by the X in the Cerebro helmet. It's really, really stylish page here. And in the, uh... The panels or the images here, we do see some flashbacks, five of them, or four of them, and one weird thing. Uh, from left to right, we've got uh, a scene that looks like uh, Logan's time in the Devil's Brigade during one of the World Wars, uh, which we learned a little bit about during a couple of our Life of Wolverine Infinity Comics episodes. Here, he's fighting an Omega Red in a Kaiser helmet. Then we got Wolverine on horseback in the Old West fighting a cowboy Omega Red. The uh, Team X Wolverine gets a panel, and this is the Colombian storyline that we've already been following in this cross event, and we will be coming back to uh, in this very episode. We also have a Hulk 181-looking Wolverine fighting an Omega Red wearing a fez. Looks like he's in, like, a marketplace or an agora or something. And then there's this random panel of a crusty-faced fellow with an Omega symbol emblazoned on his forehead. Not sure exactly who that is, but um, I guess they have the Omega in them. From here, we hop into our double-page spread of Roll Call and Cred, and uh, we got a lot of stuff on this page here. Um, I've been really fumbling my way through these, uh, you know, Zlato's Lato Roll Call pages here because, you know, I'll say, like, it's Wolverine with an X after it because this is, you know, maybe Life 10, you know. Here, everything's broken up by life or by Roman numeral, I suppose. And we have a listing of characters and then also the locale so we can, I guess, mentally place it. So in... 10, or X, we have Logan, Charles Xavier, Jean Grey, Omega Red, and Mikhail Rasputin, and the locale is Krakoa. We might assume that's present day. I'm guessing that's probably the case. 
We got 9, and we got Logan here, and he looks like he did back in Hulk 181, and his locale is the Middle East. 7, Logan from Team X, Sabretooth, probably also from Team X, and Charles Xavier, and the locale there is Columbia. 6, Logan and Charles Xavier, the locale is England. 5, Logan, Itsu, and Redacted, and uh, we'll find out who the Redacted fellow is um, not too long from now. And the locale here is, of course, Japan. Three, we have Logan in a soldier's helmet, and the locale is France. Two, Logan the Cowboy, locale the American West. And finally, we have one with Logan and Benedict Xavier, the locale is Canada, and uh, we were there already and we'll be there again. It's worth noting that eight and four are shown here, but they're grayed out completely. Like, we don't even get, like, redacted, it's just grayed out. Um, and I'm sure... Those will be filled in as we work our way through the uh, the miniseries here. Anyway, back to comics, and we are in northern Canada. The year is 1900. Of course, we've been here before. This is where Benedict Xavier was on an icebreaker or something, and Logan was rushing to his aid via dog sled. Now what we get here is three pages of an Omega Red trying to kill Ben X, uh, and even taking over a giant whale to do so. It's a pretty cool visual. Now, Logan, he's on his way on, you know, dog sled. He's uh, doing the Iditarod or whatever. He gets caught up in all the ice breaking below him because, you know, the whale is coming through it. And uh, he's thrown from his sled, and it looks like he might not make it to Xavier in time. Uh, It's worth noting, Ben ain't dead yet. We're just going to cut away and head somewhere else. In fact, we're heading over to post-war Japan, and this is where we cliffhangered last time. Itsu, while pregnant with Dakin, Dakin, has been taken over by Omega Red. Now, Xavier is still Red's primary target, it's worth mentioning here, but Red knows that Wolverine will remain a thorn in his side so long as he's alive. So, Omega Red's plan here is to take Logan out of the equation so he can get a clearer shot at Charles. Now, by taking over Itsu, who is currently carrying Logan's unborn son, Red's kinda got our hero over a barrel, because it's not like he's going to kill Itsu, right? Now, Logan calls out for Jean to help him, or actually cries out for her to help him. And she responds with a somewhat glib, I thought you wanted your privacy. Which is a callback to the last Lives chapter, where Logan wanted to bang Itsu without Jean there taking notes and grading his technique. Our man then asks if Jean can save Dakin. Dakin. If, like, say, Wolverine is forced to kill Itsu here, is there any possible way that Dakin Dakin can be saved? Maybe using a black hole <clears throat> or something. Uh, Jean confers with Xavier, who is very, very doubtful. And, uh, you know, we talk a little bit more about this putting a Cerebro into a black hole, which takes it out of time. Doesn't sound promising, and it actually doesn't sound like anything, does it? I mean, there, uh, we could dig into that, but uh, I don't think I'm smart enough to. <laughs> And I don't understand black holes in real world or 616 Marvel, so uh, I'm thinking that the thought process here is that uh, black holes are outside of the time stream, so the backup for Dakin Dakin will be safe there, and you know him dying in the past won't affect him in the present. How anybody will remember that there's a Cerebro in a black hole, I, I don't know. Let's just move on. This is all rendered quite moot, thankfully, as, uh, well, Romulus shows up. And uh, he runs his claws right through Itsu's back, which, as luck would have it, doesn't kill her. 
And also, luckily, it doesn't harm the not-even-peanut-sized baby she's currently carrying. Now, seeing Romulus here, and I mean, I've been completely upfront and transparent about my lack of knowledge or interest regarding any of the Romulus stuff, but I thought he was more of like a behind-the-scenes sort of threat, like a manipulator of sorts, like not like on the front lines. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe these are retcons. I, I don't know. Let's hop into an info page. This comes to us from Sage's logbook, Read the Timeline Anomalies. We've got Timeline X, or maybe 10. Uh, Romulus attacks Wolverine on the day that Dakin Dakin is conceived, so I guess we can assume that this is that day, maybe? Uh, Wolverine, quote, defeats and shames Romulus. Is that new? I don't know. Romulus then has the Winter Soldier kill Itsu, and then Romulus himself tears Dakin Dakin from her womb to raise in his own image. So far, so good, right? Well, Anomaly Y pops in, and that is Itsu plus Omega Red equals... Eh? Uh, we get some projections here, like which ways this story could go, which is pretty cool, like, algorithmic stuff, just nothing we really need to go too deep into here. Let's hop back into comics, and we are in near-present-day Russia. Mikhail and Omega Red are cutting it up. Mikhail is basically talking Arcady into joining his cause and taking out Xavier. He and we are reminded that the, uh, you know, that whole C-Synth tracking bug gimmick from X-Force. We're also reminded that the Cerebro Sword is A, a thing that exists, and B, is a thing that Mikhail still has. He, th the scene gets weird here. I think he noinks the C-Synth out of Omega Red, before running the Cerebro Sword through his chest, which... I don't know what that does exactly. Um, does it make him time travel ready? I, I really don't know. Let's hop back to Columbia. Team X Logan is being chased by Team X Sabretooth until the former manages to drop a beehive on the ladder. So there's something like straight out of the school of Tom and Jerry here. Uh, back to Canada. Now the Omega Whale unleashes some coils grabbing Ben X... Wolverine recovers from being shaken from his dog sled and then cuts Xavier free. Once the dust, flames, ice, and blubber begin to settle, Ben X seems to have a revelation. Now, he says that he came to Canada to see something new. He was daring the Earth, the planet, to show him something new. And in Wolverine, he found just that. Info page, and it's the Ben Percy special, which is just a page of dialogue. Jane and Xavier talk and it's revealed that this entire endeavor has been made possible because Xavier has been tracking Mikhail and Arcady's use of the Cerebro Sword, which I suppose lampshades the convenience factor of Wolverine just so happening to be traveling to the exact right times and places, right? Back to Japan, and uh, Wolverine and Romulus fight. Logan wins, knowing that uh, Romulus will ultimately have the last laugh when he hires Bucky to do the thing. Then... Omega Red vacates Itsu's body? But why? I, I really don't know. Anyway, just as everything's looking hunky-dory, Jean comes to Quantum Leap Logan the F out of there. Let's hop back to Columbia, where Charles Xavier is rallying to save the Amazon. <laughs> Which, it's not an interest I knew he had. I didn't know he had any sort of environmental, uh... I don't know. Now, Logan fights a giant snake for a panel. Because, why not? He then makes his way toward the environmental rally. Here it's revealed, and, uh, well, the reveal has been spoiled for all of us on the next cover, but uh, 
It's revealed here that this time, Omega Red has taken over the body of Wolverine himself. You might be asking, why did it take him so long to think of this? And, uh, well, you'd be right to do so. But that's where we leave it. Next episode, X-Men number 8. But for now, let's talk about this. And, um, hmm. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna pick at this story a lot, but, uh, I want to preface um, by saying that I'm enjoying it. I'm having a good time with it. Uh, I, I think I've said this every time we've talked about it as Lato Slato issue to this point, but um, I'm having a good time with it. I'm losing myself in it, you know. That said, I'm still kind of a dickhead, so I need to point some things out. Let's start with an apropos of nothing sort of question. Um, we're we're playing with time here, yes? Okay, Omega Red is our big bad, or at least the first lieutenant of our big bad. Omega Red was, like, just dead not too long ago, right? He was just dead. And if I'm not mistaken, Jean knows this because she was ticked off at Beast for, for doing it. So, how's about we have, like, the Wolverine of last week pop in on Beast and say, Hey, Omega Red's dead in there? Leave him that way. I don't know. On the other hand... Couldn't Omega Red just be sent back, like, 500 years and kill an Xavier ancestor there, where there would be no Wolverine to get in the way? Is this time travel gimmick somehow intrinsically linked to Wolverine's lifeline and only Wolverine's lifeline? I mean, he's not the oldest mutant, right? We did see Apocalypse get resurrected over in Excalibur, so the Cerebro records have far older mutants in it, so... I guess at this point, I just, I really just don't understand the specificity. Why it has to be Wolverine, why it has to be Omega Red. Maybe that'll make sense as we work our way through here. Um, I'm still enjoying it, like I said, but, uh, got some questions. Uh, here's another question. We see here that Omega Red can take over Wolverine's body, right? Well, Xavier is, like, right there. Why not just take over Xavier? Uh, or maybe, maybe it's because... You know, his his super brain, right? He, you can't take over Xavier because he's too mentally powerful. Well, we did just see Xavier's birth a couple chapters ago, right? Why not just take over Xavier as a child? Maybe have him tie a cinder block to his ankles and hop into a lake or something. I, I don't know. Again, maybe that'll be made clear as we continue our way through. And I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt because uh, I am enjoying it. Um... How about the Cerebro Sword? What in the hell does that actually do? Like, why did it have to be run through Arcady to make it do what it does, if that's in fact what it did? And, I mean, the amount of times that Red has been beaten by the X-Men, or just Wolverine on his own, wouldn't you think Mikhail would have picked, like, a better lieutenant? I mean, I know they're both Russian, and in Percy's world that kind of trumps everything, but, but come on. There's probably even better like Russian villains to use than Omega Red I don't know uh, Another question here, my final question Because I don't want to dig too deep Because um, I feel like I'm complaining about stuff that's already been Or I'm observing st- I don't want to say complaining I'm observing things that have already been answered Because uh, I am you know a little bit behind But um, how and why did Omega Red vacate Itsu's body when he did? Uh, hmm Now, I feel like this was a situation where Percy kind of wrote himself into a corner and didn't have an adequate or organic way of getting out of it because it really did seem like a foolproof plan 
by Omega Red, right? You give Logan an unwinnable situation. You know, either way it goes, Logan loses. He's either forced to kill Itsu and his unborn son, just so he can save Xavier, or he doesn't fight back, he doesn't kill Itsu and gets killed himself by Omega Red, who then goes on to kill Xavier. I don't know, I guess maybe sometimes when a plan seems too good to be true, the the truth of the matter is that it is, and <laughs> there is just no way out of it. I think that's probably about all I want to say about this one. We're, we, you know, we are very much in the middle of this story here, so um, I think story might start uh, moving to the background so we can get action right now to, to keep things flowing and moving, and then we'll maybe get some more exposition later, or, or more focus, because we are getting story here. But I think we're going to get, you know, the big clump of story a little bit closer to the end, if not at the, you know, very end. But, like I said, I'm still having a good time with it. Uh, I'm almost annoyed that we're not going to be getting back to Zlato's Lado uh, for, like, three episodes. Because we got X-Men, and then we got the Devil's Reign thing, and then, then we'll be getting back to, uh, I believe, Death of Wolverine number three. Because this, this was life, right? Yeah, this was life. Okay, yes, so, um, still digging it. Just, uh... Maybe the seams are starting to show a little bit. I really haven't checked around uh, to see what the overall consensus is, uh, what the hive mind thinks of uh, Zlato Zlato, but uh, I'm willing to guess I'm probably enjoying it more than than most. But um, we will uh, put a pin in it for now and hop over to the mailbag here. We're going to talk to Evan, who is writing in about the Trial of Magneto number 5. And I do have a bunch of thoughts from Evan in the inbox, but uh, I just grabbed one today. <laughs> I'm going to get to all of them, but I just grabbed one to, to you know, at random to see what we got. So Evan finished up Trial of Magneto, and he says, Well, that was uneven. This felt like an effort to check certain boxes and try to string a story together out of said boxes. Is it ironic that the issue that tried to justify the title of the series had a misleading title itself? Or just weird? Nobody really tried to catch Toad, and uh, I still don't know what Toad did. I don't even know what they think Toad did. Use his tongue to wrap a piece of Uru around Wanda's neck? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I don't think we're supposed to be thinking so hard about it. But it's kind of what we do, right? That's kind of the point of this entire uh, endeavor and project. That felt very weird. Um, I'm hoping... That um, that Toad will show up in the Sabretooth miniseries uh, I I haven't even gotten the second issue yet uh, DCBS didn't send it I don't know if it got pushed back or they just missed it for my shipment But um, it's coming next month So we'll get to it uh, We'll get to it then Hopefully we'll get something about Toad And then maybe we'll work toward you know Some measure of exoneration for him uh, Evan continues To answer some of your questions Wanda went through the protocols and was resurrected using her old backup then her magic brought together the missing aspects of herself, I think. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I really, I still am not sure. Because, um, like, part of me thinks that Wanda resurrected herself. I don't know if she did it via the protocol, but I, I, I just don't know. Uh, Wanda's a very, how do I put this? She's probably one of the, if not the, most inconvenient convenient character you know it's she's very easy to write because you could just make her do whatever and you can make her act however but <laughs> then you have situations like this where who even knows like what is Wanda made of right now I I really don't know and it's probably not even going to matter for you know the the you know the X-Men corner of the world uh, until such a time as where she thinks she has to um 
do penance for uh, M-Day again for the hundredth time without undoing anything or with undoing everything and then redoing things and then writers forget about... I'll just move on because my head's starting to hurt. Uh, Evan continues, I don't think Wanda knew about Mora. That was probably just a bit of intuition as she knew a child of Magneto was needed but wasn't sure who the right one was. But it did get me thinking. What happens if or when Proteus finds out that his mom was alive in Krakoa and then mutilated and hunted by members of the Quiet Council? I hope there's a backup reality warper for the five. And yeah, it's like I said, <laughs> Wanda is uh, the most inconvenient, convenient character. Um, why would why would they pick Pro- why would she pick Proteus? Yeah, you know because our minds immediately go to okay, well we've got the with the triumvirate of Krakoa here. We got the Trinity of Krakoa in Magneto, Xavier, and Mora. And then we have their children doing this, whatever the hell it was that resulted in the uh, waiting room, to the the new Cerebro, whatever the hell. It just seems very, I don't know, maybe it's supposed to make us think. Maybe it's supposed to make us think whether or not, uh, you know, Wanda knows more than she lets on. Does she know via magic? Does she know via Magneto? I, I really don't know. And, and the way it was written, it's very, very ambiguous. So I'm not exactly sure where I fall on whether or not she knows or knew about Mora. Uh, as for uh, if Proteus ever finds out what happened to Mora, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how close they are. You know, they've been written in various ways over the years. I don't know what this Proteus thinks of his mother. Have, have we seen any insight? Have we gotten any hints to as to how he feels? Uh, I guess I could try to dig up that issue of Marauders where they, where they, you know, open the hospital in her name and see if he says anything there. I honestly cannot remember it. That, that feels like it was forever ago. But in any event, it is a good question and definitely one that we should be asking. Even if, even if there's acrimony between the two of them, I, I don't think he'd like <laughs> to find out that uh, she had faked her death. She was really alive all this time, and even, you know, as of this recording, she's still alive and... Uh, he is led to believe that she's not. So I suppose time will uh, time will tell. I, I, I think they could probably do an entire event based around uh, Proteus with his reality warping powers. And uh, it's funny, I'm actually doing the X-Men vignettes right now on the blog where I'm going through the backups of classic X-Men. And I'm up to the Proteus saga, the original Proteus saga. And um, it's it's fun to revisit that stuff, and uh, the backup features are expanding on some of the uh, Proteus lore. So, I just seeing how powerful he was there, and seeing how densely plotted issues of comic books were back then, which they are not now. I think they could definitely get a, a six-part, twelve-part, <laughs> even more-part story out of uh, Proteus, you know, flipping his lid and turning on uh, the council. Maybe he'll be the one to save us from Krakoa. Who knows? Who knows? And I'm, I'm, I'm being kind of glib there. I, I'm mostly enjoying this era, but uh, I do miss the old stuff as well. So we'll see where that goes. But I definitely want to thank you so much for writing in, Evan, and apologize for taking quite this long to uh, start addressing your thoughts. And uh, I will be getting to the rest of them in uh, coming episodes. So thanks very much. And uh, if anybody out there would like to write in and uh, you know listen to me eventually cover your thoughts here on the show, I would love for you to do so. You could reach me several different ways. I'm on Twitter at Ace Comics, Instagram at 90sXmen, the email address is weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com, and the voicemail hotline is 623-396-JERK. 
uh, the blog, chrisisoninfiniteearths.com. You can check out the Facebook group, 90s X-Men. Of course, the complete audio archives are available at chrisandreggie.podbean.com. Anywhere you find noise, you will find us. And finally, there is the Patreon. That is patreon.com slash xlapsed. But that's going to do it for me today, and uh, hey, I got this thing recorded with a few minutes to spare before I got to get to the next appointment. So how about that? Um, But I'd like to thank you all so much for sharing some of your day with me today. And until next time, as always, I'll talk to you again real soon. See ya. Oh